Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Rachel Ray, Economic Development Administrator for the City of Dublin, Ohio. Today, Rachel discusses how they use site capacity studies and also information about their Dublink Fiber Optics program. In this information-packed episode, Rachel also shares information about their workforce development strategy and also a plethora of resources that they offer local companies that they refer to as incentives that aren't incentives. Let's jump right in to Rachel's economic development secrets. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Hi, Nicole. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Again, my name is Rachel Ray, Economic Development Administrator with the City of Dublin, which is a suburb on the northwest side of Columbus, state capital of Ohio. So a little bit about myself. I've actually been with the City of Dublin's Economic Development team for uh, going on four years. It'll be four years this summer, but I've been with the City of Dublin for uh, almost 12 years. So up until I joined Economic Development, I had previously been in the city's planning department. So my background is in urban planning. I have a master's of city and regional planning from The Ohio State University. And I was fortunate enough to uh, get an internship with the city of Dublin when I was going through grad school and I came out uh, with my uh, master's degree at probably the worst possible time, right, as the recession hit in uh, 2008. So I was really fortunate that Dublin was able to offer me a job. And so kind of started my career there. And uh, again, despite the recession, uh, that didn't necessarily mean things really slowed down at all for the city of Dublin. In fact, we had started really uh, on a transformational visioning project for the center of our community. So again, we are a suburb, but we have this great little historic downtown. People love it, uh, very vibrant. And um, there is an opportunity to kind of start to think think bigger about that, looking for opportunities to bring new mixed-use development and, and new investment in there. So we pretty quickly embarked on a exciting uh, transformative uh, mixed-use development um, kind of visioning study. Once we got that through, uh, City Council approved it. Then we started on um, all the implementation studies, so looking at water, sewer, stormwater infrastructure, transportation modeling, uh, land use zoning, all that kind of thing, all the stuff that really needs to happen before a vision can actually come to life. So kind of went through that whole process. It was really great to have that experience early on in my career, uh, really kind of influenced my passion for, for community development. And, uh, and then we had set the conditions in place such that a developer, a local developer was able to come along and, and really start to uh, bring the, the private investment side of things to make some new development happen. So I uh, worked with that developer through the zoning process and, all, when all of a sudden done, that had been about eight years, and I was starting to think about what was going to be next in my my career path. And lo and behold, the economic development position with the city came open. So I thought it was a really great opportunity to stay with the city, um, 
but also kind of get some some new experience and diversify my background. And I, I got to say, I really uh, enjoy the 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 transition and and doing economic development. I've learned a ton, um, and I and I couldn't ask for a better community and a better city to work for. So yeah. Wonderful. Well, can you tell us uh, more about the community? Sure. Dublin is uh, just under 50,000 people in terms of population. Um, again, a suburb on the northwest side of Columbus, about 24 square miles. Uh, but we're really far from a bedroom community. In fact, our population almost doubles during the day. We've got just about 80,000 people that actually work in our community. Um, the number of actual businesses, uh, it's a little hard to estimate, but we think we've got about 3,500 to 4,000 companies here. So we're really um, fortunate to have, in addition to myself on the economic development team, uh, there are two other economic development administrator positions, as well as our director. So really, uh, our goal is to uh, engage with as many of those companies as we possibly can on an annual basis through our business retention and expansion program. Um, in terms of our target industries, we really uh, focus on um, our corporate headquarters and managing offices. So for example, Cardinal Health, for those who are familiar with, with Cardinal, uh, they're our largest employer, their headquarters is here in Dublin. Uh, as well as Wendy's International. So if you've ever had a burger from Wendy's fast food restaurant, that's your uh, local tie to Dublin. We also focus on, heavily on IT. We have about uh, three jobs uh, to every one uh, in terms of other um, communities, three to one. Um, that's really a, a key uh, industry and continuing to grow, of course, um, in the area. We also focus on um, kind of business support services um, as well as to some extent uh, increasingly uh, automotive uh, R&D types of facilities as well. In fact, Honda North American, uh, Honda's North American headquarters is just up the road in Marysville, Ohio. It's about a half an hour away. So we have uh, quite a few of their R&D facilities, a lot of uh, Japanese uh, foreign direct investment uh, happening in our area as well. So, so those are really our, our, our target industries uh, for, for the city of Dublin. Well, moving on to more of the meat and potatoes of our podcast, uh, your organization has done site capacity studies before. So why are these an important resource for you? Sure. That's uh, kind of a fun project that I started working on when I moved from planning to economic development, kind of makes the best use of my interests and, and background. I think the other kind of key thing to, to mention uh, in terms of our economic development team, um, we have uh, our, all of our members kind of come from different backgrounds. So again, my background being urban planning, uh, one of our team members has a background in public administration, actually two of them do. Um, and then our director has a background in kind of journalism. So it's, I think it's really great that one of the keys to our success is really uh, just that diversity of talent and, and experiences that we can kind of bring to economic development. As we all know, economic development is, uh, economic developers are kind of jacks of all trades. So. Um, that, that diversity is, is really helpful. But anyways, in terms of the uh, site capacity studies, um, it was we realized it was really important for us to kind of have a, a clear understanding of uh, 
what the potential is for some of the infill development sites left in Dublin. So again, even though we're a suburb, uh, we're, we're reaching kind of our build out point and in terms of uh, having space for uh, new investment to occur, you know, we really want to make sure that we're making the best use of the land that we still do have available. So as you're driving around, you'll periodically see, um, you know, vacant pieces of land. And typically there's probably a reason for it being undeveloped at this point in time. So part of the purpose of this, the site capacity studies is to look at each of those pieces of property and, and kind of dig into well, what's wrong with it. What's the problem? Why hasn't it developed yet? Um, so we started that actually with uh, city-owned land. So the city has acquired strategic parcels throughout the city um, throughout the years. Some of it for you know right-of-way acquisition purposes, so having some residuals left over. Uh, others have been kind of more foresighted strategic economic development uh, purposes. So looking at kind of the city's land itself and looking at you know where are utilities coming from, what are utility uh, capacities, where is access going to come from, all those typical kind of shovel-ready site considerations that economic developers are very familiar with. Um, but we also wanted to expand that to properties not owned by the city of Dublin. Some of them are obviously privately owned and being marketed, you know, by developers. Others are just kind of sitting fallow um, for the foreseeable future. But really this, this uh, exercise has been helpful for us to, again, identify as many uh, trouble areas as possible before a project is hot and ready to go. And um, so it's been helpful to, to kind of identify, again, are there access easement issues that need to be nailed down before a project is ready to go? Uh, what stormwater factors need to be addressed? Is there floodplain? If there is floodplain, is there still enough residual on the land to actually do something with it? And I think through the process, uh, the, the final deliverable is kind of a, a really nice, almost a marketing visual that the city or even the property owner or broker can use to, to help market that site. And in fact, we were able to respond to a lead that came through our regional economic development organization last week um, with something, a site that looked like it has a lot of tree coverage. It's got some, you know, floodplain, but we were able to demonstrate that, no, there's actually some pretty good developable space on here uh, as we're, despite all these challenges, if you can kind of have the vision to see what's possible. So really kind of builds on my interest in, in uh, planning, uh, but also a problem solving approach as well. And I've also appreciated the opportunity to bring our uh, engineering staff, planning staff, fire departments, transportation engineers all together around the table to kind of help them also understand what are the factors that go into an economic development site location decision and how can we better educate our city fellows, team members to make sure that we're all again on that sound when the time is right for a project. That's such a neat program. I love hearing that. And I'm sure it's so helpful for prospects looking at your area, at the community, and obviously great to pull so many different stakeholders together to work together. That's really wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Well, what actions are you taking in dealing with aging legacy suburban office parks? It's a great question, too. So, again, as a suburb, um, you know, we realize we are increasingly competing with vibrant, walkable places, whether that's downtown Columbus locally or even places like Chicago or Austin or, you know, 
name that place. Um, so as a result, that's one of the reasons why we did that transformative mixed use development project that I mentioned uh, earlier in our conversation here. Uh, but even so, even if we executed that perfectly and, and it, it is actually really exciting to see uh, how that's um, come together over the past couple of years. But even if it, it, it is done successfully, it still begs the question of what do you do with the remaining millions of square feet of, of existing suburban office development that exists in our community. In fact, Dublin has about 9 million square feet of uh, commercial office space in our community. And we took a look at the numbers a couple of years ago and realized that almost probably over 80% of that was uh, developed prior to the year 2000. So again, if you are if you own an older home or you're familiar with with aging buildings, you know that you know they start to experience issues with um, you know boilers and building control systems and uh, efficiency issues and and needing new roofs and windows that kind of thing. Not to mention just the cosmetic upgrades that are needed. What parking needs are right. So they were often developed um, back in the you know, 80s and 90s when the zoning standard for parking was four parking spaces per thousand, indicating that you know each office space was larger. And of course, as we're all familiar with since that time, you know, cubicle farms and open office concepts have come about um, resulting in less of a, or more of a, a parking need based on what these uh, facilities can provide. So buildings are aging, there's not enough parking. So what are we gonna do about that? So a couple of years ago, the city of Dublin uh, embarked on a uh, planning process for our Dublin corporate area. That's the area we defined as kind of the, the heaviest concentration of our suburb suburban office parks. And looking at um, working towards updating the zoning standards for that area to allow for some mixed use activity, some not only just restaurants and retail and places for employees to walk to on their lunch break or grab a beer or a coffee after work with with co coworkers uh, but also looking at you know opportunities to introduce uh, housing as well so people don't necessarily have to get in their cars and drive to work every day they have that that ability to to live closer to to their place of work um, also looking at so kind of that, that's the land use side of the equation, but also looking at uh, the building infrastructure itself. Um, we actually worked with a um, partner with us, a partner of ours in the region uh, to do property assessed clean energy uh, financing uh, to do ener energy efficient improvements. So if you've heard of PACE financing, the city of Dublin actually uh, paid for uh, over a million square feet of audits to uh, evaluate these buildings, these existing buildings, to identify, essentially put together a strategic plan of what energy efficiency improvements need, would need to happen to help make these uh, buildings a little bit more uh, competitive and, and just frankly to help finance the, the massive improvements that in some cases that need to happen uh, to make sure that you know an HVAC system to, doesn't go out at the worst possible time. Um, so that's one, I think, creative solution that the city of Dublin sought to try to look at. Again, we know we've got these buildings. We know that they're not gonna be bulldozed and 
you know, new development happening here necessarily anytime soon. So how can we make the best of this, the, these, what we call legacy, the kind of the, the nice term for these aging office buildings and make sure that they're sustainable and competitive into the future. And I think the other uh, piece of the puzzle as well is uh, making investments in fiber optic um, technology, which I think we can, uh, we can talk a little bit more about in uh, a bit as well. Well, can you tell us about Dublin's workforce development strategy? Sure. So again, as any economic developer that you've talked to or are probably listening uh, to this podcast is familiar with, uh, workforce is an issue that is uh, applies to every single company pretty much that uh, any of us talk with um, at any level of skill and then pretty much in any industry. And so that's something that, you know, it's such a, at the same time, because it's such a massive need, the skills gap and just the lack of talent or the aging of the workforce, it's really, really hard to figure out, obviously, where do you start? How do you tackle this, uh, you know, massive, massive challenge? So a couple of years ago, our team decided to put together a strategy just to define, okay, even though it is such a, a massive challenge, what can we actually do to, to move the, the needle? And ideally to take some leadership on, on this challenge, at least for the Columbus region and uh, the Midwest um, aspirationally. So we um, decided to focus in on kind of our key industry, one of our key industries, which is IT, as I mentioned, like I said, we had three times the national average in terms of IT jobs in our community. So we felt that this was an area where it just logically made sense for us to start. And before we started to, you know, decide to put together a program, uh, we wanted to make sure that we really talked to our companies and listened to their needs. You know, at first, when you sit down uh, with a company and you're hearing them, you know, their concern about being able to find the talent that they're looking for, it, it almost sounds like, or it sounded to us almost like a, uh, a, skill, a skills gap problem, that there is a, a lack of people with the, the types of software development or coding skills as it might be. And we realized that that's, you know, that certainly is, is part of it. But as we took the time to really dig into the nature of the problem, we learned and we heard from many companies that, you know, they can bring in entry level talent to learn how to code. They can, you know, there's uh, coding boot camps popping up all over the place. Our school district is doing great things with introducing, um, you know, IT and coding academy. So, you know, not to say that, that that there's necessarily enough of those numbers coming through the pipeline. It's probably, you know, an area that's, uh, you know, the need is being met to some degree uh, by others out there. What we were hearing, though, is that there seemed to be a bit of a challenge in terms of finding uh, uh, mid-level careers or those with the soft skills necessary that, you know, for an IT consulting company, for example, would, you know, would this person who has the, the technical expertise, could they also serve in a project management role? Could they put them in front of a, a, a customer and, and do a, a, you know, customer presentation, things of that nature. So we realized that, you know, we really needed to make sure that we were tackling the, the heart of the issue. So when it came down to it, uh, we put together a strategy that um, is composed of four specific tactics. And the first one, of course, 
being um, increasing the talent pipeline. So looking at, you know, these new sources of talent coming through the Columbus region, but also getting a little bit more creative even about um, attracting new talent to, to the Columbus region. So we've been working with a uh, advertising company and putting together a, a marketing strategy um, using LinkedIn and, and Instagram and Facebook and other social media outlets to blast impressions and uh, uh, blast the message out to uh, specific markets on uh, the coasts. So the East and West Coast, um, Silicon Valley, LA, Boston, uh, New York, as well as places like Chicago and Austin, Texas, to just bring to mind the fact that, you know, you might be living in this really hot tech market right now. Um, but when it comes time to, you know, want to start a family or uh, pay less um, in terms of uh, cost of living and things of that nature, that it might make sense to explore another lower price market like the Columbus region. Uh, and the fact that Dublin just has a ton of really great IT companies and very, you know, well-paying IT jobs here in our community. So kind of putting that um, out there and making that that available as another way to kind of increase the talent pipeline. Uh, the other tactic also kind of relates to our um, kind of that that issue with the the soft skills. So you know again we can you can teach kids to code. You can you know. Uh, reskill uh, people who are transitioning to different positions in the workforce. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for just, again, how do you encourage the, those or how do you find those that have that, uh, those, the soft skills, the, the leadership skills, the project management skills, those kinds of things. So uh, to address that, we uh, have we've been sponsoring uh, something called the Central Ohio IT Leaders. Uh, which is a program that takes kind of mid-level IT professionals and puts them on a track for uh, IT leadership. So kind of takes them to the next next level, working towards becoming an IT director or even a CIO, um, that kind of thing. So that's one thing that we've been doing. We've also been hosting quarterly speaker series uh, or just kind of tech meetup events. We heard from a lot of our, our tech companies that, you know, they really wanted to highlight the, the talent that is in our community, both primarily in the city of Dublin, but also the Columbus region as a whole and be able to kind of get together, showcase that and really kind of create a voice uh, for all the cool tech things that are happening in the Columbus region. So we've had a couple of these events so far. They've been really well attended. Uh, and we've been, again, trying to increase the reach in terms of how the, these events are marketed. Um, so that's that's a piece of it as well. And lastly, uh, there's also uh, cost uh, mitigation, obviously trying to train your workforce, um, all that kind of thing is, it can be an expensive prospect and a lot of things that can be, you know, a little bit risky for, for companies to, to take on when they're, you know, trying to uh, just, you know, keep their head above water or, you know, continue to, to build their, their um, you know, just do the work that they're doing. So, um, again, looking at creative programs that the city can can sponsor to, to assist with, uh, with, you know, talent development and, and, and culture, most importantly. Um, so one of the things that one of the other kind of cool programs that we've implemented is uh, a workforce assessment where we've brought in a partner called CMAX Advisors. They're here local to work with the company to evaluate, you know, how are they doing? How do they score in terms of how well they're able to recruit new talent? 
uh, retain existing talent, work on their uh, career advancement opportunities, and just, again, that overall impact of how, how good of a company culture that they are. So we've had a couple of companies uh, work, take advantage of this program. And uh, it's it, again, that's really helpful they've shared with us to, again, kind of put together that strategic plan of, you know, what are they doing well today and what specific action steps can they take to be an employer of choice in the future? Again, when they're competing for, um, you know, the minimal tech talent, not minimal tech talent that there is, but, you know, when when those the, that talent is, is few and far between, um, you know, that they're able to, to best um, attract that uh, to their companies. So, Again, kind of a, a long-winded um, uh, overview of, of kind of the four pieces there of our workforce development strategy. We really, again, it comes down to those um, the quarterly speaker series, the cost mitigation through kind of the, the workforce assessments, um, increasing the talent pipelines of the marketing that we're doing to attract new talent to the city, and um, the the fourth, uh, which is soft skills or the hard skills. So again, the, that leadership development um, opportunity. Wonderful. Well, I know you mentioned this earlier, uh, so if we could circle back, can you please tell us about your Dublink Fiber Optics program? Sure. The city of Dublin, we, uh, we're really proud that we were really pioneered the use of uh, fiber optics for uh, municipalities. So starting back in the late 1990s, uh, the city together the first uh, fiber optic conduit system, which we call Dublink uh, for the city of Dublin. And uh, since that time, it's been a hugely successful uh, piece of infrastructure that the city can offer to the companies here. And I think is a big part of why we have so many IT jobs in our community in the first place. Uh, we've been able to lease out some of that fiber to specific users, as well as offer it as an incentive, actual dark fiber strands um, to some of our largest employers. Uh, but we realized a couple of years ago that, you know, that's something that's increasingly becoming common among most other communities who are, you know, realizing that fiber optics and broadband is just another utility in many ways that is an expected part of what a community is able to offer its companies just like roads and water sewer all that kind of thing so um, we realized we really needed to uh, innovate once again and build on the success that we had with the initial launch of our fiber optic network so about a year or two ago we launched something called doublink transport which is a hundred gig uh, connection program that we started with actually in our legacy office parks. So the city of Dublin actually installed uh, fiber connections and edge equipment in 13 different office buildings and connected them back to a data center where there was a piece of core equipment that would allow for data transport speeds up to 100 gigabits. And that was again really intended to amenitize our older office buildings. Uh, as well as create that buzz that would be attracted that would attract tech users typically especially those high tech you know simulation and modeling types of companies again mentioned that we have a number of automotive r and d companies in Dublin in the region um, you know really targeted towards those as well as software developers and others to consider locating um, and you know the space that might not look as pretty or might not be as sexy as what's happening in some of the more mixed use parts of town, uh, but really 
you know, it's this great piece of infrastructure that you're simply not going to find anywhere else, especially at those speeds. And best part with the cost reduction, uh, again, the faster you're essentially shooting data across the fiber network, the more expensive it is. And through this program, doubling transport, since it's the city's uh, initial installation, that cost goes away. It's it's completely eliminated. Um, it also provides uh, different choice, different choices of internet service providers. So again, what the city's providing is not an internet service. Uh, it's providing essentially the the highway on which the company uh, can can run their own traffic on it uh, with the choice of, uh, with the, their choice of internet service provider. So that program was very successful after we initially launched it. Uh, in 13 buildings and it's been so successful that we've actually uh, have been in the process of rolling it out to other of our legacy office uh, buildings as well as again just one more amenity to help continue to make sure that they are viable and competitive in the future. That is such a neat program. Thank you for telling us about it. Well, and then following suit, um, can you tell us about some of the other unique programs that you have that are kind of like incentives that aren't incentives? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I, I love about working for the city of Dublin is whenever I'm meeting with, whether it's an existing company during a BR&E visit or talking with a prospective company, uh, making a pitch on why they should invest in our, our community, is just talking about all the, the variety of programs and resources that are available to them as a company that they aren't going to find anywhere else. So, you know, fiber is certainly a piece of the puzzle and very attractive to, the, to tech companies and others for that matter. Um, but there are a number of other things uh, we have too, and a lot of them also come down to uh, workforce-related types of, of uh, you know, programs and and so forth. Um, you know, I think a lot of the smart companies are realizing that, you know, they really need to up the ante in terms of what they are able to offer um, to attract employees and then also uh, retain them after the fact. So, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure many economic developers uh, probably feel the same way. You can kind of tell when you go into an office or a facility, meet with a company, kind of get a sense of kind of what that culture is in some ways as soon as you walk through the door. So uh, a lot of our other types of programs that we have are designed to try to gently urge companies to, or give them the resources that they need to kind of take ownership of, of improving their, or, you know, making their, their culture even stronger. So uh, one of the cool programs that we recently launched is called FitBiz. Uh, it's a corporate wellness program that builds on uh, our very successful, uh, we have a Dublin Community Recreation Center. We've got great uh, fitness program uh, instructors. And so what FitBiz does is actually take these very qualified, previously vetted program instructors and brings them out to Dublin companies. Um, they can run a yoga class in the break room or do a seminar on healthy eating or even do kind of some basic weight training and things like that that gives employees an opportunity to kind of take a break in the day, take a breath, have some downtime with their coworkers. And again, um, healthy employees relate, you know, directly uh, correspond to a healthier workplace. So we that actually, so just, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. And um, with the weather improving, we're looking forward yeah. to you know, taking that outside as well. So doing some yoga cool. parks, things of that nature. 
um, our the program was just awarded uh, the Award of Excellence, Excellence from the Ohio um, Parks and Recreation Association. Oh, wow, congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, we're really excited about it, and we've got a number of you know companies who are um, repeat customers, which is always a great validation of the program itself. Um, so that's one piece of it. I mentioned obviously the workforce assessment. So really, you know, helping companies figure out what they need to do to continue to be an employer of choice. Uh, we also have a, an awesome um, uh, volunteer services division with the city of Dublin. So we actually have somebody on staff whose job it is, or a team on staff whose job it is to work with the community, whether you're a resident of the city or you're a business, to find uh, volunteer opportunities, find a need in the community, and uh, kind of manages the you know, everything from start to finish, you know, from employee training to um, you know, actually arranging for the event to, to occur, the volunteer or service event to occur. Uh, but it's, again, it's another great opportunity for, for employees to get out of the office, have a little bit of that bonding time. Um, and again, that really has, we found uh, a, a really important impact on culture. So again, it's, I'll meet with a lot of companies during BRE visits and they say, yeah, we'd really like to, you know, volunteer with a, a food bank, but, you know, somebody, you know, tried to, look into doing something about that a couple of years ago, but it never really went anywhere. Again, you know, a lot of employees are, you know, wear multiple hats and don't always have the time or resources to put the energy that they need to, to, to kind of do a program like that. Uh, so the nice thing is that the city of Dublin can, can offer that uh, full freight as a, uh, as a, as an amenity of being in our community. So um, it's a, it's, it's a pretty cool program. You can also do fun things like working at the Dublin Irish Festival, which uh, is one of our signature events as a community. It brings over 100,000 people to our community every year. The first uh, weekend of, of August celebrates Irish culture and all that kind of stuff um, to carrying floats in our St. Patrick's Day or Fourth of July parades as well. So it's a range Ooh. of you know just fun things to, to a service orientation um, as well. We also have um, a new program, workforce related, that uh, I'm really excited about. And again, you know, building on my my planning background and interests um, as a it's a workforce shuttle. So again, I mentioned uh, the city of Dublin is a suburb of Columbus, and we uh, city of Columbus. For those who are familiar, we do not have any type of uh, rail transit, so we have a bus system called Coda. And it just touches a little bit on the periphery of the city, but it really doesn't get too far into our areas. And that's another reason why the, the lack of parking is a particular, or the, the parking standards for many of our suburban office buildings um, aren't enough these days to serve the demand because everybody in Dublin who works here has to drive here and park their vehicles. There really isn't an alternative. So again, one of the programs that we're looking at is a pilot program that just launched this spring to uh, essentially provide that last mile solution. Uh, we're partnering with a local organization, a microtransit um, company called Share, based in Columbus here, to provide a shuttle pickup, picks up a, a Coda bus rider from a, one of the stops that do that are in the community and then would uh, transport that that employee directly to the front door of the company. And so through the pilot program, the city of Dublin is fully funding that. 
um, but we're working really closely with the companies to define their performance metrics. The goal is to, to see, you know, are we able to move the needle in terms of recruiting new talent that wouldn't otherwise be able to come to uh, Dublin and find a job here? Or is it a way that they're able to retain talent through, again, being able to provide this other services benefit um, to their employees, eliminate the need for, for, for uh, transportation, which really can equate to a raise <laughs> in many cases. Um, and if they're, if the company finds enough value through the course of this pilot program, then you know it's something that we would explore a financial contribution in the future. So it's, uh, I think it's really cool that the city's able to, you know, take the risk on on launching this for an exploratory reason. But again, it just demonstrates the city of Dublin's commitment to finding creative solutions to the workforce challenge. There's really no one silver bullet, as we all know. Uh, it's just, you know, how do you continue to build uh, build on your successes, build on your resources, and and tell that story to again both your existing companies as well as uh, prospective companies as well. Very neat. That's so awesome. I love hearing all of that. And you're right. It's so important to look after your current, the current businesses that are in your community first. And um, that's awesome. Those are great amenities to offer. Mm -hmm. Well, what are current opportunities for your community? Yeah, we again. I think the, the the outlook is really bright, and I think the the timing is good because as a team, we're just uh, embarking on our own strategic plan update. So we're excited to um, kind of take a close look at all of our existing oper uh, operations and and opportunities going forward, and also just think really critically about you know what challenges do we need to be aware of um, going forward as well. I think in terms of opportunities. We really benefit from the strength of the Columbus region as a whole. We have a really great partnership, uh, both with Columbus 2020, which is our regional economic development organization. They're very well known for, you know, just being top notch in terms of, of quality and talent that they have there, uh, as well as the regional collaboration that we have uh, with our colleagues in the surrounding communities. Again, we're really cooperative. Um, we all know each other quite well, and it really comes in handy when, um, you know, we're, we're working on attracting a, a big name to, to town. So uh, the Columbus region has been named a fastest growing uh, region in the Midwest. And so I think the strength of each of those individual communities is really uh, a big part of that. So we, we really believe that going forward, that's going to be a big piece of our, our strength and opportunity to build on. Uh, in terms of other opportunities, I mentioned we've got a lot of, uh, you know, small successes, small wins under our belt in terms of workforce. A lot of things are kind of just just getting off the ground, like the workforce shuttle and Fitbiz. But again, the more we tell our story and the more we communicate and, and advertise those successes, um, the more people uh, both in the region and, and, and further beyond will kind of start thinking about you know, Dublin will start kind of popping up on the radar. So we want to keep building on that. Um, and I think some, one of the other interesting things that's going on as well is um, just the a lot of attention being placed on the disruption in the automotive industry. So I mentioned again, Honda R&D, uh, their North American uh, manufacturing headquarters is right up the road from us. There's a lot of attention being placed on connected and autonomous vehicle research with our 
fiber optics and, and tech expertise in our community. Uh, we see this as an area that's going to continue to grow going forward. Um, so I think that's that's something that we're really excited to to see what that what that's going to translate to in the coming years. So those are some of the the most exciting things that I'm looking forward to uh, in the next uh, in the in the short term. Absolutely. Lots of exciting things going on. Well, you're going to have to keep us updated on how everything goes and sure thing. Um, implementing these exciting programs and everything. Look forward to it. Great. Well, Rachel, I have a couple of wrap up questions for you. Sure. OK, great. The first one is what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think I mentioned to or alluded to it uh, earlier in our conversation. I think our team uh, really benefits from our diverse perspectives and backgrounds. Um, I think, you know, it's we have we've instituted something called uh, T3. So every other Tuesday we have something called uh, Think Tank Tuesday, T3, where we get together and kind of think about a a uh, project that we want to do something with or an issue that's kind of been put before us. Or a lot of times we'll uh, bring a, a completely external person or party in. And uh, it's just an opportunity to kind of think about what's the next trend? What's the next thing we need to be aware of and what needs to be on our radar going forward? And that's where a lot of these things like FitBiz, uh, the workforce assessments, you know, a lot of these great programs that we uh, like to, that we have to, to share, um, have come out of those types of things. So we really have a just our, an appreciation for different perspectives, different voices, not getting stuck in the feedback loop of doing the same thing every day the way we've always done it. We really have a culture of continuous improvement. And that's really something that is characteristic of the city of Dublin, our, our uh, municipal organization as a whole. Uh, in fact, they've established a, a team of uh, innovation and process improvement experts, uh, cross-functional team, cross-divisional team that has been tasked with looking at ways to, again, can we do, we might be a local government organization, but can we do things better? Can we do things more efficiently? Can we do things more cost-effectively? Uh, so that that culture has really permeated and uh, it's it's really made, again, working for the city of Dublin for 12 years. I Again, I, I really love working here and I hope I get to continue working here for, uh, for a while into the future. Uh, again, just a, a lot to look forward to. Wonderful. Well, that's always good to hear. <laughs> sure. And lastly, what is your favorite hobby? <laughs> uh, again, it's uh, spring here in, in Ohio, so I'm really looking forward to getting out and being able to, to run uh, more often. I, I really enjoy running. Now, that being said, I have a almost two-year-old daughter, so most of the running I do these days is after her, but <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's how it goes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy running. It's an opportunity to kind of clear my head, but also listen to audiobooks or podcasts, um, as you know, as the case may be here and there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much, Rachel, for joining us today. Um, you shared so many wonderful pieces of advice that I know everyone's going to find so helpful. And I so appreciate you um, being open to being on this episode. And uh, we'll definitely have to follow up with you about how um, some of these exciting new programs go, getting them instituted. 
That'd be great. Thanks so much, Nicole. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.